Welcome to our latest episode of Tide In Talks. In this episode, we are joined by Spencer Davis, the general manager for Tide and Brooks EMEA. Uh, welcome, Spencer. Thank you for once again joining us on Tide and Talks. No problem, Jeremy. Always a pleasure to be here, sir. Outstanding. And, you know, just for our followers who listened back in October um, when we had our last podcast, uh, they may recall that you mentioned you were to return in the new year. And as promised, mm-hmm. uh, today you were going to dig in a little deeper into some of the initiatives uh, that you were working on. So, you know, I'm eager to definitely hear about that. And I guess we can jump right in with the uh, Tide and Green program. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's gathering a lot of pace now, the Tide and Green program. Um, yeah, we did touch on it uh, back in October. Um, but now, obviously, we've got two or three airlines which have gone through tests and gone through trials. It's been very successful. Um, so, yeah, we're we're really excited to start putting them programs into place with them now. So sort of like going back from the start regarding Tide and Green and how that all come about is that we wanted to look at a sustainability program for the airlines that made a lot more sense rather than, you know, following the route of the biodegradable pellets that go into security seals or potentially a sugarcane based seal or bamboo. There's so many different variants now um, of the idea green. Now, right. if you look at green, um, as a product, it's okay to put these additional parts or, you know, products within a security seal. But the biggest problem is, is it still requires the customer to do something, whether that's airlines, whether that's retail, freight logistics, etc. Everyone needs to get on board with a green program or a sustainability program. Now, with airlines in general, most of those now are looking for the, the net zero by 2025. So just to, to have a security seal, which is basically saying, okay, we're going to put an additive inside, which basically means it's going to biodegrade, um, you know, upwards of 45 years sooner than a traditional seal. Um, you know, you're sort of leading the customer down a garden path slightly because mm-hmm. it still requires that customer to do something. Now we've had competition saying it's okay. You could break the seal, you can throw it on the floor, it's naturally going to biodegrade. Um, therefore, you know, this will be a good solution for you guys in moving forward. Now, from an environmental standpoint, that ticks the box um, saying, yes, okay, we are purchasing a biodegradable seal, but it still means that you need to do something with it. Now, by putting a, a biosphere potential pellet inside the product, you've still got to go to a, um, a controlled landfill site. So with a controlled landfill site, it basically means that there's chemicals within the soil which will break down the uh, the plastic a lot faster than a traditional plastic seal with nothing in there at all. Got it. The biggest problem is, though, Jeremy, is that it's the collection of the plastic parts which would go into natural waste, i.e. bins around certain um, locations. So they won't necessarily be collected anyway. So they're going to find themselves in natural landfill. Now, with natural landfill, as you know, that's not controlled. The biggest problem is with a controlled landfill site is it costs a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you take it to a natural waste site, it's free. So, you know, you've, you've got to sort of like look at the balances involved. So with us, what we decided to do is not take that approach, is we decided to come up with a reusable bag solution 
the security seals would be collected. They'd get placed in a bag. Okay. The bag then goes into an octobin. So once the items inside the bag get poured into an octobin, the octobin basically gets collected. It goes back to the, um, well, it'd be more like a sustainable site in terms of it's got to go to regrind. So once the pellets go back into regrind from there, you can then send out the regrind to certain companies, which they would change the properties of that plastic into something else, which then they add a black additive into it. And that's what we, we're now doing is looking at manufacturing alternative products. So we would manufacture working with partners, school desks. Those school desks were going to Ghana, for instance, or uh, places around the world which would do our help or need our help. So charitable donations, for instance, and we could help companies like airlines uh, achieve this by make, basically taking the plastic waste out, regrinding it and turning it into something completely different. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's obviously highly rewarding um, and making a difference. Now, our second initiative, uh, the Tiding Track, as I understand it, is a web application for authorized users uh, designed to streamline the process of ordering our security seals. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this was derived from many of our customers having multiple outstations. Now, the biggest problem with multiple outstations is, is if you've got a central hub, for instance, and there's the purchasing uh, connection is based in the UK. Now, if he or she is in control of all of the outstations, which could be in Europe, in the US, etc., and they're controlling all of the spend, all of the seals out in the you know, out the ether, so to speak, is how can somebody in Poland, for instance, communicate with the UK in such a way or vice versa? The guy in the UK is basically saying, OK, can you let me know when you're going to run low on security seals? And then basically we can put a restock program in for you. So why Titan Track was created is basically to give the responsible person, i.e., the distributor or the distribution center mm-hmm. um, authority to put an order through as and when they require it, send it back through to the purchasing uh, department, which again could be in the UK and then they authorize the order. And then in turn, that order then comes through to us to replenish. So that way the permission then is on the user of the product rather than the purchaser so to speak to always remember to the order the seals to the outstations or the distribution centers outstanding so people aren't forgetting to reorder and put that onus on multiple people it really simplifies the ordering process and you know uh, increases productivity yeah no exactly because i mean the thing is is if i'm sitting there as you know the head of purchasing you know yes i know that my company purchases you know 4.5 million seals per annum do i know where they go yes okay do i know the frequency yeah i sort of know the frequency but what tends to happen in our industry is that you'll find one of these outstations that almost runs out of seals or have got half a box of seals left and they go oh we need to order some security seals okay no problem we'll speak to head of purchasing get that ordered and then we'll get them through so as i said the biggest problem is the head of purchasing won't necessarily know the usage um, so if they do run low on security seals, is it gives, as I said, it gives the permission back to the outstation to purchase the seals. It goes through to the purchasing team, which isn't a problem. 
they approve the order, that order then comes through to us and then we can send it through. So by doing that, it speeds, yeah, absolutely, Jeremy, it speeds the whole process up. And then on top of that, what we can also do within our system is we can actually allocate the security seal numbers to the outstation. So by doing that, it stops any internal collusion. Yes. So if, for instance, if you've got seal one, two, three, four, turn up in, you know, North America somewhere. So if we're looking at North America, it goes through to Chicago. Okay. How come this seal's turned up in one, you know, in Chicago? One, two, three, four. We can then look at the purchasing modules and say, right, okay, that seal though was allocated over in, you know, somewhere in Spain, Barcelona, for instance. Okay. So that seal's moved from A to B. It's been opened up over in Chicago. Now we've got a security risk. So, but we can actually work out where the seal was ordered and where the seal was originally delivered to. Yeah, that's that that's that uh, chain of custody that we're always working yep. towards in that track and trace. And and again, we're, we're taking the work out of trying to figure that out with this, because who ordered it? Where was it? How come it ended up there? This solves all those problems and, and simplifies number, number, that. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Number control is, is so important. I think people and, you know, companies don't necessarily understand that. The SAC a number, but that number's associated to you know, paperwork, but it's also associated to the destination, the destination from where that seal's come from, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's plenty of people out there, if they can get their hands on 10 security seals, put them in their pocket, move those seals around to another destination and think, mm, I'll keep them handy for another time. Yeah, so it's it's so important to keep track track and trace of the security numbers all of the time. And I think by using Titan Track, not only will it help anyone do that from any place in the world because you think now is that there's a lot of people now working from home they've got databases if they can track and trace their security seals online and where they've gone to and where the destination is it makes life a lot easier for everyone involved exactly and and now is this is fully functional or is there a way that any customer any industry could contact you to get this set up what would you where would you guide people to Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's up and running now. We've got customers already using the database. We've got customers taking advantage of this um, all of the time. So obviously myself, no problem, spencer.davis at tidenbrooks.com. Uh, email straight through to myself regarding even if you want to set it up as a trial, we can do that. We can set the trial base up within a week. So if any customers on a global basis want to set up a trial using Titan Track, we're more than ready to to help them. Outstanding. Yeah. And, and I think it's clear, you know, that our solutions are, are continuing to uh, deliver value, you know, obviously making it more secure, more productive. And the green program is making healthier place for the world. So it's nice that we're contributing in multiple areas. So I was going to say, I, I'm confident that later in the year, we're going to, you know, have another chat. I, I think we were discussing about maybe catching up in maybe May about uh, the WTCE for the airline show. So I look forward to talking mm-hmm. about that. Was there anything you wanted to share on that right now? I thought there was a, an article that's coming out in one of the airline magazines. Yeah, well, so that's definitely going to be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, we're just putting through a few interviews at the moment. So Tide and Track and the Green Initiatives, they're both going to be um, quite a place at WTCE. So we can speak to customers about that as well there. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about that. 
Thanks. Thanks again, Spencer. You know, I always appreciate you, you know, joining us and, and sharing all these progressive programs that you're, you're, you're putting in, in motion in EMEA. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you in, uh, in probably, I think what, uh, in, in maybe May time. Cause I think the show is at mid June. What was the dates on the WTCE? Yeah. So that's going to be, I think early June. Um, it's been changed a, a couple of times. I think it got changed because of COVID. So hopefully, yes, yeah, so it's going to be early June for WTCE and then back in 24, it's going to revert back to its, its natural position, which will be back in into, I think it's a month prior. So it's going to be basically uh, early April. Outstanding. Well, look, thank you again. I look forward to talking uh, to you in May and to our listeners, uh, kindly like and follow our podcast on your favorite platforms. Uh, if you wish to learn more about Titan Brooks, we're, of course, on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. And please also take a moment to review our websites at TitanBrooks.com and TitanBrooks.uk. 